Welcome, Anime League fans. It's myself, Legendary Dash, as always. Down below, it's Sam the Manga Man, my partner in crime, as always. And here we have Kendall the Kyle Ken, because we can't wait for the new chapter that comes out this month of Dragon Ball Super. So, you guys haven't checked that video out from last month's chapter? Please go check that out, because we can't wait to check this one out. But without further ado, we're here to do Shona Ronin, episode 45, covering Kaiju number eight, Undead Unluck, and JJK came back. My Heroes on Break and One Piece Chapter 1052. And for those who don't know, quick announcement, One Piece will be taking a hiatus for a month at the end of the month. Next week's chapter is the month break that is coming back the following month in July 20-something. I don't have the date right here in front of me, but definitely will be a month-month break because oh, um, the Wano arc, the Wano has been closed. The chapter is coming to an end of the arc itself and order will be finalizing what he wants to do and film red is coming out next month in japan as well so a lot of preparation from Oda on his side so one piece will take a break will sam take the opportunity to read the series and catch up so we could have him on the conversation as well who knows so many things will be in preparation for the older just himself. like black joker i don't need to catch up to one piece just yet but then again i probably enjoyed one piece more than black joker so that is true. That's a fact because Black, um, Black Clover will be coming back as well around the later month of the summer. So definitely stay tuned. So if you guys have any questions about chapters, as always, while we're discussing, write them down below. And once we are wrapping up our conversations, as always, we will get to them at the end once we get our conversations out of the way. But without further ado, guys, let's start with Kaiju number eight. Because this one was a chapter released on Thursday. So definitely, Kaiju number eight, how do we feel about this emotional chapter? Let's start with Kendall. How did you feel about this emotional chapter of Kaiju number eight? Um, Kaiju number eight was um, pretty good. It was kind of tame for me. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if I was expecting more from it. It was kind of delivered on what I would I would think would be this week's chapter. Uh, but... For the most part, it was well-rounded. Um, we got to see a little more emotional depth from the captain that was overseeing um, that uh, training, and I was grateful for that. But overall, eh, it was a, it was a, it was a little above decent chapter for me. I mean, like we knew like where the arc was currently with Kaiju number eight, and I felt like this part of the arc was going on for a little longer than it needs to. But then again, it's a bi-weekly chapters and that's why you see it instead of like week to week this can finish within a week month and a half this is being finished within like two months two and a half months kind of thing um i'm kind of I'm, I'm i'm okay with like it ends this part of the arc from here i do want them to meet back with uh captain nashiro the, the female captain yes i agree because like it seems like she's doing more of the desk work, or she's more in charge of training the other her own troops. Um, honestly, it, it was more of a sympathy chapter of giving sympathy for the captain, and how in the past he had his own platoon and team. And I don't know if it's an ominous duty that says like my duty as a survivor that is that this is my fate. Like he's the only one left of his own group. Is what I'm wondering because the same platoon, he was, he was in the same platoon as uh, Shimimoya's mom. And now, like, she's gone. We don't know about the other three that's in the picture, but it, it kind of sucks when you're the last man standing. And even though you're the commander, you're so, the one who has to do the whole 
guidance and training of the younger troops, but you know, you're, it's no different from like sending the youth to their death and fighting like, if, if untrained, then yeah, you're sending them to their death. And that's why she's so adamant about people going through testing of number six, the Kaiju number six weapon, uh, as well as like have them go out in the field to fight. It explains why he's so strict throughout the entire, like, uh, so far of what we know, but it's for a good reason where, all right, back in my time when we had Shimi Moya's mom, who was also a pro, or she was a, uh, one of the most talented one that could control number two or number three with her four. weapon? Four. Okay, yeah, sorry, number the four. Previous, the previous full layer of four. Yeah. But like, but he, he does have a point though. One who is able to wield the number, like the, the, the kaiju weapon is the one that goes in the front lines and most likely to die first before everybody else behind because you're the strongest. The strongest has to be out in the front protecting the people in the back, even with like a whole platoon and squad to help back you up and stuff like that. Right. What, what I like about it is because it's just like you said, Sam, like he's a person that is the only survivor out of his squad. And I don't know, but that hit me home because when you are the only survivor, you feel like you have that guilt. You feel like you're, you're the last man standing. But it hit him when he said that, I'm sure that this is my duty as a survivor. This is my fate, that he's the one that has to train, train somebody that has almost his same exact skill set and then train somebody else that has the same ambition, the strength, the stubbornness, just like his own um, squad mate. So it reminds him a lot of his own squad, but now him as a supervisor, as a mentor to the next generation. And we, we always read stories from comic books, mangas, of always the next generation as the old mentors, as the old generals has to train the next. But it's because they see that, what can they pass down? What can they pass down as the next skill set to the next generation? What can they teach them? And I find that very relatable to the person who is the next generation in production, in workers that the old people of our generation now are gonna retire and everything. And I'm, I've been learning a lot to people or from people that have been working there for 20 plus years in production. And they've been teaching me a lot of valuable information where I could teach others and what I've been doing to my own friends and my peers, what I could teach them. So this kind of hit home where I could relate to in that sense, but also of what the squad may, um, or what the squad captain, like Sam said, is doing a bit of desk work that we see her, but also she asked him to see if her squad mates are up to the task as Reno and plus Ichikawa, if they could hold the, the Kaiju number six and, and then for them to be on the front lines, it shows that he was the one that could have given the approval because he's the one that don't like what the humans trying to do the trials of the Kaijus. Of taking this number. So I like how they were up to the task and they actually, and then they actually succeeded. But it was also funny how he cried while on the battlefield, but also because he felt that this was a big moment for the future, for the future generations, because we don't see that a lot. <clears throat> and to show whether the general or with the supervisor crying on the battlefield, because he even said it, um, Gervin said it like, 
anyone who will cringe if the supervisor suddenly started bawling their eyes next to them, sir. Like, oh, well, at any rate, she could walk past. Like, girl even knew, like, this is kind of awkward because your general or your supervisor don't really do that. But to show some type of emotions, that's a beautiful thing because it's not very shown up a lot in the forces. So I feel like that's also nice to see in a comic book or manga because we don't really see those type of emotions, you know, from a general. Yeah, well, I, I think that oh. was... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go for it. I think, I think it was necessary to see all of those key elements as we transitioned in. I like that they showed us... Um, I forgot uh, Kafka's best friend's name. So we haven't seen her in a while. And we know that, you know, we've had a big discussion on here before about the importance of those who use the kaiju and those who choose not to use the kaiju. And we kind of finally got to saw some kind of banter around that play into this chapter. Yeah, definitely for sure. And like, at least this time, it's different from the past because we have, because uh, it wasn't, is not just a a wielder for what a kaiju number six, but it's also Iharu, who has the same abilities as his own, where he go he could turn on and off into a zone mode and go from like 10% of his suit to like 30 something percent and then go back down whenever he needs to and that sort of thing. And from what we've known, like what he just said, like he wasn't there to fight by uh her friend's side, his friend's side. Who she sacrificed her life to take down um, a giant kaiju that almost destroyed them, almost destroyed Japan. Uh, yeah, it's to prevent from history from re- prevent history from repeating itself. And he's the person with the most knowledge and training abilities to do to train both Iharu and Reno at the same time. Which I feel like you, I feel like we're gonna notice that. Every kaiju, every wielder of a kaiju weapon are going to have their own vice captain that fights besides them that fights really well. Oh, uh, so do you think Reno would be fighting Anasawa Ichikawa since they both work so well with each other? Reno is Ichikawa. Sorry. Uh, about Iharu. Iharu, thank you. Yeah, that's yes. why, like, yeah, because we already know, like, we've seen it, like, Reno can't fight with just the weapon, weapon uh, kaiju number six weapon on his own, uh-huh. because like he would put too much pressure on him to himself, and he's gonna like put himself down when he fails into this most problem. Iharu is like the motivator, who's also like he's not a wielder, he's, but he's also just as good as a soldier, and like he's the person, like he knows he's not the main character, but he's he knows that he's the side character that's gonna help the main <laughs> character achieve the goal kind of situation. He knows he, he knew he knew his butt, he he knew his role, and that's a good thing to know, like in like these certain situations, including the bad situation if a if a, if a sacrifice has to be made, kind of thing. But you know, that's but that's raising a death flag that we don't know if it's ever happening. I, I doubt it's gonna happen anytime soon. True. But, well, like what I like about what they're doing because like Sam mentioned in the beginning with Kaiju number eight being like a bi-weekly series and you know taking their time with building a story and the lore that the first day like in the first 30 chapters or so they build our main character the character of him the general and Japan so not in the last 30 chapters they're building other side characters I feel like we're prepping to a big work coming up because of what we know with Kaiju number nine and ten 
we know that we're about to go in all-out war with other kaijus. I love how we're building the other side characters because they're going to be a main key. It's starting to remind me a, a bit of Pacific Rim. Um, I don't know if people have seen it, but in Pacific Rim has always been a dual, um, a dual people for each mecha. So it kind of sees me that each kind of squad mate right now has like a dual partner where they fight with side of each other as a dual team. I mean, yeah, because we already know with Captain Ashiro, she's not a kaiju weapon user. She's just a gun. She's just a gunner. I forgot she's a sniper type yeah, of gunner, uses, right? Yeah, she uses a sniper. She uses like a mini gun. Well, mini gun as in a giant cannon rail gun. Yeah, 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 that one. And yeah. she has a tiger with her. But however, we already know that her vice captain, the, the knife guy, the close combat knife guy, he's about to use, he's about to wield kaiju number 10. I'm oh, sorry, yeah, coverage number 10, yeah. Remember the deal that they made? Like, all right, but I want to confi- continue fighting and I'm just a prototype and you're just like, you're just the perfect person to do it. What's the th- difference between the Kaiju number 10 weapon and the other weapons is that he's sentient. He can probably, he can actually choose who his weather is and he choose he happens to choose the vice captain of, of Captain Ashiro. I can even what see up? that tag team happening where like, He's 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 close combat fighting with the kaiju weapon. Next thing you know, the kaiju ain't see it coming when like a sniper shot it comes in. So, perfect transition of what you said, Sam. The tag team, uh, would be Haru and Arena in this past in these past chapters reminds me of the game of the Army of Two. I don't know if you heard of it or seen. I heard of it. Cover. It's an old game. Yeah, it's, it's an, an old, old game, game from uh, PS2. Yeah, yeah for uh, PS2 and from the Xbox. It's an army of two. That's what these two tag team remind me of, of the character, how they each hold each other back. So it's very beautiful. I appreciate that you brought that to um, Sam because I've been trying to think about, um, think of how their dual type of tag team remind me of, and this is what army of two, because they both are two members that each, you know, watches the pack, but each of them have their own special set of skills, so... Kenny, any thoughts? Like I said, this chapter gave a lot of good stuff as far as just like some things that we had some looming questions about, but I feel for just answering the the very few questions that it did, we could have gotten more from this chapter. Um, but I'm, I'm overall satisfied. I was going to say like, to add, we already know like everybody, like we, like in the past, I, Every kaiju weapon, every wielder of the kaiju weapon always goes solo. And we already know how they all end up. They all end up getting killed. They had no back, they have no partner, they have no backup, they had no platoon to literally watch out for them because they were either too weak or they were gonna get in the way and they weren't gonna be able to catch up. We're now in the now where they're transitioning the army, the, the army and platoon, where you need a, a two-man team, one with the that uh, one who's the powerhouse and one with the skills. And like, we already know Kafka's partner is going to be the captain, but then we already know like, but it's going to be transitioning for Shimimoya. Cause uh, although like the first captain says like he, he can't like do this by himself. And he's, he himself is training both Kafka and Shimimoya. Shimimoya is going to be the one to replace him to to do a tag team fight while Kafka is the kaiju and Shimimoya is the weapon user 
with the axe, I believe. Like she's also technically a kaiju weapon user too. Yeah, it it's just it just really depends on what the next arc is, what the next arc is gonna establish, and that's something with kaiju number eight that they don't really always foreshadow of what the next arc is gonna try to indulge to. So I'm really curious to me what is going to be the next chapter, but the next chapter is in 10 days, so we just have to see. I think I think we're trending towards everyone meeting up again. Um, I'm just looking at everything that's happened to this point, and I think that's just kind of like the logical conclusion that I've come to is that like it's it's just a matter of um, how you say it, who who's going to who's going to show up next, but I think we've seen all of our key characters that we wanted to see get paired up already. So ultimately, I think it's time for everybody to meet up or at least transition to the next fight, um, whether they find the, a way to track them underground, et cetera, et cetera. So that's my predictions anyway. Actually, technically it's a three-man team. You have one Kaiju wielder, one skill pro. One skill pro. Pro user yep, and a master and a teacher. Previous expert, yeah, yep. Yep, oh, sure, yep. you're right. Mm-hmm. It's a duo with a with a um a leader, a veteran leader, basically. Yeah, oh, like their master trainer kind of thing. Like, if if everyone uses a similarity comparison, it's like Naruto. Everybody, every teacher had the three the three man squad to train yeah. students to balance each other out so that they can work and, well and with there, each other in team. There is more people from the class. I just don't feel like they. I don't think anyone else stands out really from the original class. I think we got our initial trio. I think you're right. I think they're playing around with threes. I think we got our initial trio. We've seen um, our trio come back, train, et cetera. So I don't, I don't think I foresee us. Um, yeah, I don't foresee us having to kind of worry too much about anything else for a little They while. might go and transition to the second division though, because I'm looking at page 50, chapter 54, mm-hmm. and like, it's literally the three, divisions that they focus on is uh ashiro uh, the sniper girl and the vice captain uh fourth ca- uh fourth division uh or the captain of uh, the captain that we have right now in the latest chapter mm-hmm. uh second division's captain the uh muscle lady yeah and, that's what i was saying maybe we transition to what the next phase of the operations is which would lead us i think to going back to that other captain um they mentioned currently that's my thought anyways because we do remember that all of this time they're prepping, they're prepping for a big siege, basically, and trying mm-hmm. to figure out how they can get to where they suspect that the kaijus are hiding underground. Yeah, and the fault, ocean yep. fault, which is hard, the hardest to get to. Although, like we we've seen so many people doing the combat part, we actually, I actually would rather we see within the technical route. Uh, I don't know, you have a submarine. It literally have like a whole ship build or a way to get to the fault to fight mm-hmm. to fight number nine. That would be fun. That would be very yeah. fun. <clears throat> It'd be intriguing to know how they're going to go out because I'll be excited to do it if they do like a... Um, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I know in Pacific Rim 2, I know they go all the way to the equator or something like that. I know they go to the, to the Earth's surface to fight the other kaijus and everything, but I, I mean, just know Godzilla. Yeah, you can't, yeah talk Godzilla about, too. you can't talk about Kaiju without talking about going to the center of the world, honestly. So, and then yeah, next thing you know, true. center of the world is just a whole entire 
forced and the whole world in itself based but with so other how countries. Like, how? You'd be like, what the fuck? How do you make a whole different island inside the center of Earth? But you know what? Fantasy. Exactly. And, and Kong is the king with his axe. <laughs> but Sam, Kendall, any last thoughts for Kaiju number eight? Nah, that's it for me. Um, yeah, I'm kind of good. Like, you're just gonna, I feel like this is a good place to end this part of the episode arc. But then again, uh, it didn't say end of episode six i think believe this is number six it just says to be continued so unfortunately there's like another chapter or two that's gonna be before like this episode ends yeah we'll be discussing on episode 47 because that's in two weeks so yeah episode 47 of shonorona is where we'll be discussing the new kaiju number chapter so it's gonna be pretty exciting but without further ado let's get on to the one piece chapter 1052 and new morning so, ooh, just a lot to discuss. I know, Kendall, um, you probably have some thoughts about some things. So, let's get on straight to it. What the current page? We got our boy Caesar Clown. We haven't seen him in a bit. And he's still stuck over there in the whole cake island. And he got caught with Germa. What do you think of that current page? Got any thoughts <laughs> with maybe Germa, maybe doing some, you know, some nice contract for the scientist guy? Um, I'm I'm interested in to see what they decide to utilize the Germa for next. However, comma, uh, um, I think uh he's not captured. I just think it's kind of like he was there and he wasn't able to escape. Which I think that's kind of also like a timetable to kind of let us know what's been going on. Like, which I love kind of like those cover pages. Yeah, we've been kind of like, what exactly did this happen? I think that's just more hints at like when exactly this is carrying on, essentially. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next, we we get the work government finding out details of the finalization of the battle yep. of the two emperors of the sea defeated at the same time. We yep. get the confirmation, and the government is kind of freaking out because they worry about the Nico Robin. They worry about the world finding out the truth of Wano, and they're worried that it will not be shred under the rug. How do you feel about that? Yeah, man. So so this is another good transition piece in regards to like the where the story is right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I keep I've been like saying this over and over again, guys, remember that the military is outside the borders. Remember that the military is outside the borders. And I said as well, the there's a there's something very important about the fact that um, Momo chose to keep the borders closed. And we saw that as well. We were, they were like, hey, um, we're I guess we can't make a move now, blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, what I suspected was probably going to be the case. One of the one of the key marine people. It looks like someone new, um, from no, what oh, I could tell. We met him at the very, very where we have well, where we only have seen a silhouette of him. We never yes, seen as well as he looks new in regards to actually making a debut Appearance. into okay, the sorry. into dynamics of what's going on. No, you're good. Um, and I think that. I think that that's super, super like critical to everything that's going on right now. Yes. And um, uh, again, I knew they would. I knew they were gonna have to find their way on the island. Um, I think we don't. Again, we can't really leave this space without figuring out what next steps are, basically, in regards to uh dealing with um, what you call it, in regards to dealing with the the people that's on Wano. So I'm excited. I think this chapter showed us some flares of some great setup and i keep telling people i really feel like a lot of this is set up 
I keep saying, you know, I've been saying for a little bit now, three to five chapters. I think it's been about two chapters since I said that, give it about three to five chapters. Um, and I think <clears throat> next next chapter, we're getting bounties for sure. That was foreshadowed. Yeah, for sure. um, and then we're also going to basically see, we're also going to basically see that, uh, how to put it? We're going to see the results. Yeah, I think that's how I want to say it. We're going to see the know. results of, of um or the ramifications rather behind the decision to uh keep the borders close and the effects of having someone essentially we'll just call it invade <laughs> invade um wano's borders on behalf of the world government because you bring up two things that was important in this first three pages they said you said that zell is gone out of his um, others even brought up saying that um, where is it? Oh yeah, right here. It seems like they might have not been planning it to use a Gina, the elephant, to open the Wano borders because they because the elephant has the strength to actually open the borders. Wano, that's one. Two, they were actually worried about them saying in in the one in the one panel saying they're not opening the country at all. Like mm-hmm. he was mad about it because they <clears> actually <throat> was hoping that they would open it so they could have access to it the best way possible. Two, I mean three, the thing I was gonna ask you, do you think in the next two pages, Drake and Hawkins have a conversation? But Hawkins looked like he's passed out dead. Do you think he's just passed out unconscious, or do you think he probably because remember he predicted his death? Do you think that this is what we saw off panel that made them Maybe older is showing that he's dead, or then he just looks unconsciously dead. Yeah, that's tough. I I think I think they were trying to allude to death, but as always, until it's said, I'm not gonna assume anything. Uh, yeah, until I see something, I'm not gonna assume anything. Is is where I'm gonna I'm just gonna sit right there on that. Yeah, because <clears throat> I was trying to figure that out. Alvarez even um Alvarez even said it that he might think he's dead as well. Me, it's, I'm right now and that's 50 50 because it's not confirmed from anybody else. Drake don't even say, "Hey, are you awake? Are you dead?" There's no even comment about that, so I it's hard to say where. Yeah, to go. it's it's meant to it's meant to look morbid, um, but we know we know that Oda is a fan of of showing the deaths off screen, so we'll know for sure whatever ramifications all of that has which which i cannot wait to talk about two <clears throat> things about that about the death and a whole uh, about yamato at the end because people just need to get it through the big head but we will get to that at the end uh then we find out in the next um page about the seven days finding them always partying there's no shocking the one piece sorry the strong heart crew always love to party for days on end any of pirate crew likes to party even for seven days i believe uh back in nine rosa uh, scapia they also party for seven days or i think three days straight so that's how those crew and also momo and them they like they like to celebrate because this is a big accomplishment they even said it this is a celebration about the tyranny of wano that they finally um they finally have liberated after 20 years. So that's such a big accomplishment for them. 
Yeah, I I agree. Um, some uh, just backtracking. Another thing is um, did you notice that there were some titles in bold? We had Joy Boy in bold. Um, <clears throat> where I think I think there was some relevance as well to that. I probably missed that. Yeah, so when they first refer to Luffy, um, and they're kind of scanning through at the middle, they refer to him as um one of the heroes and Joy Boy being that person who's one of the heroes. And then the next person um is the blade, the, the blade king. So then there's a lot of relevance there in regards to that. Yeah, the god of the blade, yes. Yeah, the god of the blade. Um, so there's a lot, I think there's a lot of relevance, like I said, in regards to what all of that means. Oh, yeah, you're right about that. See? Um the next page, even older, a lot of people thought that he died, but it's a lot. Sorry, a lot of people thought that he didn't die, but he did that off screen. It, it, it was noted here in page eight. Only this one will honor Lord Odin and surrounding him, all of the daimyo who fought for the country, and starting with the Lord Yase plus Ashura and Aizo. A lot of people thought they didn't die, but it confirmed here that they did. And it was off screen. People People don't like to uh, understand that Oda does kill people. Some people he don't. And some people he likes to false kill. And they come back later. This is some people mm -hmm. that were meant to die in this war of Wano. A lot of people of the Samurai weren't meant to die because this has showed the stakes for the Wano people. Yes, a lot of people are on the good side of the straw hats. Yes, they're not passed. But a lot of people that were Samurais on the side of Wano weren't meant to die because it showed the stakes for them. It showed that this mm -hmm. was a war of 20 years of tyranny so it makes sense i don't feel conflicted or mad that it was off screen or not it showed the stakes so it was proof for it word but we get to the big celebration of booze and meat and our boy luffy screamed meat as always and zoro don't even care about for he said booze he said oh shit more more booze i'm all for it yeah, most definitely. Again, so this is typical straw hat behavior, and we're not shocked in any kind of way by by what we've seen. Essentially, um, <clears throat> I am very excited for what this actually means. Uh, I'm pretty sure I said in another space that it was going to be seven days, and that they were both going to wake up at the same time. And here we have seven days, and they both woke up at the same exact time. So it's not shocking, and I'm happy about that because before. Pre-time skip, Luffy was always doing sleeping after two days, three days of resting and miss food. Now, post-time skip, Luffy and Zoro are the ones that sleep together because they're both the ones that are, you know, waste their energy and then they have to take the resting day. So I love how now both the two captain and co-captain are the ones that are taking the resting. Even, even though Zoro haven't, haven't ever gotten a name from his own crew being co-captain, the team knows the crew knows that he is the right-hand man of, of Luffy because he's the first one that was in the crew. Right. Yes, Alvis. Yo, Kendall, is it me or am I the only one that's, when he sees Momo, it's so weird to see him in the adult version and see him tall now, like he's built different, like, you know, pun intended. It's just very weird to see him as the adult version now. Yeah, no, I, I like it. <clears throat> um, I like the play that they did with Momo there as far as kind of like making it like a, a issue of like, yeah, you're growing now, bro. You can't just be doing these kind of things. Yeah. And I love how they both ask him, like, who the fuck are you? Like, it's me, Momonosuke. Like, what? 
Oh, so you're an adult yeah. now? Like, I love how they point the joke. Even like, wait, you're an adult now? Just happen to just be there? Right. Yeah, no. Again, it's it's a big deal. Um, it's some adjustments that need to be made. And I think I think it was a cute little touch um to wrap everything up here. I think um also like continuing to this even like my final thoughts on it. So the final scenes in regards to like the whole bathroom, I think that was also like impactful as well because this has been something that the internet has been tussling oh with in regards to Yamamoto. And y'all need to well. understand, y'all need to understand when a pronoun is used, y'all need to learn to respect the pronoun. There's a there's a reason things were said the way they were said throughout the entire series. And Oda came back and doubled down on exactly what that was. <clears throat> it just made sense. A lot of people don't understand that if Yamato wanted to shine with the boys, they see him like he sees um themselves as a boy and as a pronoun and everything. So go for it. No matter that what they dress up or sorry, of what they look as, is a he. Yamato wants to be with the boys and they're with the boys. It's as simple as that. People in the fandom need to understand as Oda, sometimes Oda is hit or miss. He makes um, jokes and jabs about the, um, with the style of the arcs he does. But when he wants to be on the nose for the transgender community and that Yamato wants to be a boy or a man, that's the pronoun for it. So you got to get to the thick skull. Wano has this certain characters you have to understand that in the English or in the actual right original language, Yamato is still the same as in both. So you can understand. So that's why I would say if people and, have and a the bother. Thing is, the thing is, the Japanese language itself is very particular with, with yep. like word choice. So like, <clears throat> again, there was a lot of intentionality present with the decision. So we just have to learn to respect that. And like, and like Ava said, if you have a problem with it, just say Yamato. Call by the name, you will have no problem with it. And if you get into a problem with it, then that's on you. But if you want to save yourself on, on the whole wording, just call it Yamato because that is yeah. their name. It's as simple as that. Just call them Yamato. Super simple. I agree. And what I just love, the next, like the last page, like like Kendall brought up, the two things is it literally said it, it's all here. All of your bounties and the names they're calling the new Empress of the Sea. So that's what we can't wait to hear. We get all the excitement for the next um chapter before the hiatus, and we get our boy bro. You um tell you pronounce the name again, Kendall, because I forgot. Piku for which uh, one? the last um the last page on. Uh, Ryukuyu, um, am I pronouncing the name right? I believe the, so. The last admiral is the last admiral that we're gonna see, which I can't yeah. wait because yeah, because the they've been hyping correct. up for the longest. Uh, because once we saw our blind admiral, damn, I'm losing the name. Damn, what's the blind admiral name? And then Sam, do you remember the last um admiral name? Holy fuck, I do not. Um, <clears throat> Fujitora. Yeah, Fujitora, thank you. Ooh, I just searched her up. Thank you. Ooh, I was blind. I was, ooh. Yes, Fujitora and the Kizaru. 
I can't wait because this person has been um, hyped up for a long time. And also this animal also uses a sword. So I'm curious to see if Zoro is going to be intrigued to fight him instead of Luffy. Because you know how Zoro always wants to fight the person with the sword. Like he's done Zoro against Vegetaro the same. So I'm curious to see how is that going to go. Yes, Greenbull. That was also his name. That was his other name, Greenbull. I appreciate that. I was like, what's the other name he used as well? Greenbull. So I'm curious to see his color design as well. Because uh, we have only seen a whole silhouette on the anime as well. Because that was um, way before. I think the 890. I believe that was the last time we saw him around that. Then the Reverie, I believe it was. So we don't know much about it. What is the Greenbull Devil Fruit? I have no clue. I cannot, I cannot even give you a guess up there because I believe I've, I have seen some theories before, but I do not recall. Kendall, do you have any theories about what could be the devil fruit? Um, it's given mushroom, but we'll see what it ends up actually being. Okay, cool, cool. Um, I just can't wait. We're going to have some interesting conversation for next week. I'm curious to see how everyone's going to react. Kayla and them. Kayla and them. I'm curious to see how the... I'm curious to see how the continue alliance for Luffy, La, Kid, um, Apu, and them is all going to react to the next um, bounty of them and the next Empires of the Sea and how, and how Luffy bounty is going to be like and does he know how to use gear five? Like now that he's conscious and awake, can he access gear five consciousness? Is what I'm curious. Goku eventually did it with Spasenka. Yeah, you see, so it's it's possible. So any last thoughts, Kendall? Are you all good? Yeah, final thoughts. Um, One Piece continued, continues to be good uh this 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 chapter much like kaiju number eight was just kind of feeding us a little bit more information unlike kaiju number eight i would say it did a little better job of being and holding my attention because there were some known cliffhangers in this already established world that was presented to us and foreshadowing some answers to things um and yeah i mean again i don't know for for the the zoro haters i don't know why y'all thought zoro was dead but um he's alive so suck it I don't know why I kept people. It was just ah, uh, don't even get me started. That's people, just so people stupid. hate Zoro, and I I have been convinced for a long time that people hate Zoro because people like Zoro, and that's the only reason that people hate Zoro. Like because they prefer Sanji more than Zoro. For some reason, just like that's not, even, that's not even a reason. Sometimes some some people just there's a strong dislike for Zoro. And I think it started when when the ladies started sipping for Zoro publicly online. That's when I noticed that the hate for Zoro seemed to surface itself. Ah. I ain't calling nobody out, but that's what I noticed. So, Heard so you. jealousy could be, but for me, my last final thoughts: I went to see the bounty. So, like Alvarez said, the bounties always go hard, and when you go on the hiatus, this chapter is gonna go flames because I know Oda likes to do this big cliffhangers before he goes on break. Two, I hope we see uh, Morgan. I want to see a reaction of him because he always gives a, a nice type of reaction about the panties and about Luffy. He loves the worst generation. He loves it because it gives him the clickbait of his 
newspapers, articles, and I can't wait for that. It's always great amusement for all those type of conversation. And I can't wait to see the um, the planting seeds of what we're going to come into, for, you know, from the hiatus. What is order going to give us to eat before he goes to hiatus? What is he going to feed us involving the Wano with the work government and also with CP0? We also could see Shanks. We also could see the possible of his father. Because remember that we saw the uh, the work government working with Drake and everything else. So I'm really curious to see how everything's going to fall together in the next chapter. I know I said a lot, but Oda could put everything together in one nice chapter to give us small piece of information leading up to the next. Because I know, like the chat said, Elba, I can't see because Usam needs not saying that he needs character development, but I want to see more importance of Usopp and Nami. Just fucking draw at least a map. It's been a while. Like, just draw Wano. Like, yo, here's the current Wano design. <laughs> I want to see where everything our current islands are. Or, I'm curious to see, remember how Oda always gives us in the anime and in the, in the manga where each person is in the current story and you know how we always get a map of where everyone is in the anime or anything? Imagine that that's Nami actually drawing of how the island looks on her thing, but just Oda has never actually told us, but maybe that's just Nami doing it. What you think, Kendall? We, we will see in time. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's my, right. my official response is we, we will absolutely see in time. <clears throat> um. But I'm looking forward to it most definitely. All right. So that's the end of the One Piece conversation of 1052. Stay tuned for chapter 1053 next week because we cannot wait to break that down. Now, next is the undenalog, the science lead of all, because we're gonna we're not gonna put you guys to sleep. We're gonna put you guys to unsleep. Let's get to it. Sam, what's your thoughts for the undead chapter 114? the word you were looking for was awake but yes uh so far from the entire time for undead and luck uh i'm gonna read off some from the comic uh comments in the visual slide the story has a weird thing of introducing a character and rarely showing then have something major happen that makes them important to the story and finally showing them how they become who they are and it's very backwards and we're really used to from shonen like story it's, it's very true it's very true. Sometimes, like some of these characters, we actually thought they were not even relevant, almost irrelevant. But then, in the same time, like these backstories that we get from each and every character, like with Rip, uh, Shin, and everybody, is actually a really good backstory. Like, I know it's only for like one, only one chapter of backstory for each character, even for a side character, it does work really well on giving sympathy for each character and how their character development came into. Uh, when he came to Nico, like he was a scientist that hated God because God keeps cheating the scientist in him and that inventing new umas, creating new stuff in the universe and creating new rules to the world that literally like makes you start over and cause a chain out of effects, such as the, um, the dark, the black hole theory, which was one of Stephen Haw Hawking's uh, theory yes. about space and matter and everything. And then like, if you look at 
uh, and then in page uh, seven, uh, in one of the dialogue, we said you can use the black metal for the conductor, and I said, I see. Uh, if we use my string theory, string technology, we can apply it. String theory technology, where string theory can has been mainly has made many theories of, uh, I guess you could say of parallel unit gives an idea of parallel universe existence uh, made up in infinite. Uh, vibration and strings and smaller atoms, electrons and quarks and everything. Um, yeah, like all of this is like, were theories that scientists has like, have thought of like with Einstein, Stephen Hawking and stuff like that. And the challenge of every scientist is trying to discover everything in the world, trying to know everything in the world. Like they made a good point of saying, learning about what you don't know is what makes science, is what, is, is what science is, which, that's that's good. No, that's true. That's actually very true. Like, you can like these days we could just go to Google and look up every single thing and like these are stuff that what we know. But then, isn't true discovery in science is discover something that we don't know? Yeah, and to to talk about uh what what was said by Alvis in the chat he says so or they said so could God be a scientific rule rather than divine supernatural? I think that's the whole argument of this entire franchise is kind of playing around with that thought. I think that that's, that's the constant kind of like wrestling of like, huh, <clears throat> you know, there's, there's some logic and practicality to these, these laws and these different perspectives. And I think that's kind of like what that play is there for me. Anyways, I think it's going to be fun to continue watching however the development of this fight ultimately pans out to be because it's it's feeling it's feeling very fun out about everyone else but it's feeling very fun right now this kind of banter and interaction that's been going on here well i like to add as well i like the jab the point to joke about the mad scientist aspect of how um they say none of us could ever be damn mad about science i love the pun intended like like sam mentioned about all these scientists that we have had, Hawkins, Albert Einstein, like all of them have been invested or technically um, people have used that thing addicted or uh, what's the word? Um, like they've been so concentrated about science, try to prove about string theory, black holes, dark matter, about these, about this aspect about science. So I love how she even said like, She's just so glue, and that's what she appreciates, you know, not sleeping because she's just always thinking. And for her to even not lie, when she fell on him on page 10, and he even put in a joke saying, I never knew bags get that big. Yes, he deserved that punch, but for, for it to show, a lot of scientists don't sleep because they're always up doing research and doing theories. It's all about trying to prove your thought of what you believe is right. And it showed that when you try to, when you try to play a reality, it could backfire. And then like this chapter really is the whole, uh, a group of scientists of all male scientists in the room. And then when a girl scientist comes in, it's the whole, hey, yo, there's a girl in the room. Let's get mentality. I mean, sometimes like hormones gets the best of people. And yet Nico is like, yo, hey, I don't care who you are. I just want to do my own stuff and I don't want you in my way and that sort of stuff. And she, and um, 
knowing Ichiko, she's literally like the female embodiment of Einstein, person who loves yeah. uh person who wears the same outfit over and over again, does not bother to shower, does not everything's a waste of time, it's more of a uh, discovery and everything. And the person Einstein also had like this had something where he didn't sleep for a good amount of time. Uh, a good long amount of period of time. Mm, but narcolepsy is a very serious condition. It's um, a very bad condition. Um, so I think you're right. And I think um even to the the uh the reference to Alvin remember Alvin uh, Einstein, it's like the 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 bags being turned into the eyeshadow. So you you know if you guys know Einstein's pretty notorious for the messy big eyebrows. So I think you're right. I think there's a lot of nods there. And again, we, we always see these kind of like really fun concepts around basically like, uh, how to put it, just takes on things that we're not accustomed to seeing represented that way. So uh, for one, one showcase of that, you could consider uh, the female scientists, you consider scientists and just a whole and how they operate and kind of have to move or are forced to move, so, so to speak. And again, it was just, it was, this, this was, this is definitely a fun chapter for me. Undead Unlock continues to not miss. That's all I can really say. That's really true. <laughs> that's, the, that's the true tea of all of this, is that Undead Unlock continues to not miss. It's very true. So You ain't wrong. So it was kind of like Nico loving Einstein, and then Einstein was a woman. Was a woman. And string, string theory is Einstein's theory. And it makes a good understanding where two scientists loves another scientist. It's just who at the, even if one is more brilliant than the other, it's more like, hey, like this is, I mean, I'm a scientist, you're a scientist, let's make chemistry, I sort of speak. And to add to that is that it makes sense now the way we see, oh, I was supposed to bring on the, um, it makes sense of how we see with Nico character by the end of this chapter why he is the way he is because of what happened to him I mean to him yeah and why he made the acceptance of the new rule and made the contract is to betray the whole round table and to add to what Sam said in, in the beginning how each character gets introduced in under like or or we've shown it sometimes it's kind of more for the plot and to move the plot but for Under Unluck is that they introduce characters, but doesn't feel forced. They add it, but feel like it gets added because it's part of the story and it gets added at the right moment. So that's something I believe I like about Under Unluck because not every single character feels like it just came out of nowhere. Like with Under Unluck with this character, it's just like, oh, she's there for a reason because she's there to introduce us of why our character Nico did this betrayal, or why he's doing this for this reason, or why is going to fight against Andy slash Victor for this reason. So he has a purpose. So it's not like, okay, he has no purpose. So he, he's betraying them. So that's something that I like about it. Like that they introduce us, give the backstory, but then it takes us and gives us pain. So a bit of happiness, a bit of pain, a bit of happiness, a bit of pain. So it has that little nice rinse and repeat if you like pain. It's also crazy where we know that the, the, the union are created can only have like 10 seats i believe and we we finally see like literally previous members of the union on sleep was one of the users and then like she had to die and it had to create another uh negator 
member and unfortunately it had to be Nico that has to be the one gets the downside it feels like God's last joke to every negators like or from humans to negators is that they have to have one like bad day each and every one of them and they activate and it's either they act and it activates their negation or it's because of their negation because remember like how Fuko got the unlock ability was because she fell in, she loved her grandparents she loved her parents and they caused accidents unlucky and stuff like that and then we have uh uh rip with his un um unrepair the moment he has to do surgery and try to save someone it's literally there's like a whole god's curse to every person where like when you have when you can find a certain happiness or if you discover something or if there's some truth that you've not that he doesn't want you to learn like his last his his last joke to you is like literally like hey yeah no you're not getting this and i'm just gonna like because of your negation and i give you this negation last so to speak so question so do you think like you know how each negator and when somebody does around them they each get like their own type of so do we think how god is always watching is what we, you yeah know how god watches everybody kind of situation exactly so and like it just makes him more sadistic it's like mm-hmm. god himself finds us a game it's kind of like jigsaw it's like are you ready to play a game but for him he's playing a game with uh, honestly i would figure this is like the joker is god and he's make even when there's some sort of hope when there's some sort of happiness Shit. he literally kicks you to the curb kicks you in the nuts preventing you from getting what you want and the moment that god is literally dangling something that you want you have no choice but to like give up for them and unfortunately for nico he's he 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 was a person that did not accept god's will he did not accept god's actions and adding new umas and stuff like that and then it comes to the point where like hey i'm gonna make you fall in love with this negator kill her give you a negation ability where you're gonna forget you're never gonna forget what i've done to you to make it in his own sick lesson that's a good slap you to the face of fuck you god that's like a little slap in the face because adverse commented towards sam's comment saying remember lucy god is always watching he's a dick if joker becomes a god this this is a good what if scenario for DC Comics, if they ever want to do like another type of Joker type of you know side story of a whole different Earth, this is a good side story because this will already and like and God does not it. let this end. He lets this repeat over and over again with the cycles and everything. Now it makes sense why Andy is more more committed, and plus Victor is more committed to helping Andy to say and fuck up God's plan. You know Drake right there, so. Because it makes it makes sense why he wants to help Andy to actually fuck up whatever God is doing, and it makes sense why it goes. And um, not well, every God's plan is a good intention. Like that's something you have to know. Like even every bad thing is not. It may you may say it's God's plan, but it's not always a, like out of good intentions. Like and from that last page, seeing ghost. Yeah, and we know like from we what we know from the soul or the ghost ability, Nico chained up, chained it with, he fused with ghosts basically. 
Oh, I think infused. Oh, yeah, because of chains. Yeah, because his the soul. Because we know, yeah, like, chains, yeah, the soul is not just the like a ghost thing. You, you can use your negation ability with that ghost, and we know Nico is unforgettable. I guess the deal that he made with Nico had to literally be be one with ghost. But a question. Um. Also, to go upward is a notch. So you know how we know in more mythologies. God is what we believe is to be. It doesn't be Jesus. So, you know, what happened if we, in this world, nature's been actually calling God, but it could actually be the devil. Like, for them, it can actually be, like, a whole different person of what they believe. Like, it's just a person that, you know, like a whole archangel is the one that's actually doing all this mess of shit, but it's not God himself. I mean, you can blame the devil, but who made the devil when that God and then, like, wouldn't exactly. God be the most, wouldn't that make God the most, like, flawed person in a way? And some people is going to say, like, oh, you made the devil to tempt people. You didn't have to make temptation. You didn't have to make, you didn't have to fuck with us with every situation that's, like, bad situation that comes into us. That's what makes this whole type of journey with this series, because it's, like, when, once we get in the next who the hell knows next three five chapters once we get to the point of Ragnarok once it happens once the loop happens again like are we gonna see a moment of what God could look like or because when we saw Luna we only saw some type of figure we didn't see the embodiment of what it could be or what it is so just to see what it looks or could be it just makes it very intriguing I mean I feel like they're gonna Andy has to use ghost for Fuko. So I feel like literally everybody has the same goal. Rip wants the time machine, uh, the, the, uh, the, sh the ship to do to the next loop. Uh, and he has, needs that loop for the next, for Fuko. Now we're in a, we're now in another battle where like, um, where Re Nico needs ghost in order to get his wife's soul back. And he technically needs, you need to put Fuko's soul back into her body, which another deal needs to be made with Uma Ghost. It's, it's like you have to fight everybody that you've known that helped you because they all had their own mission. But then your one mission, uh, your course of mission needs to literally be in the way of everybody else's. And unfortunately, it was first Rip, now Nico. And then I feel like there's going to be another person that he has to like fight and go through. And I feel like it's going to be the captain herself, maybe. That's a very interesting theory. Um, I'd like to see that. Or like it could be Billy too, because if Andy and them go to the next loop, what's the whole point of getting the Aegis shield? What if Andy ends up being the own, the thing that's actually in Andy's way? Could be. Um, also, I do want to give a shout out to Adres again because he said a beautiful quote. Even though it's from the movie, even though it's from the movie BVS, is let's do it through himself. Jesse Eisenberg said it. If God cannot beat the devil, he is not all powerful. If God can but chooses not to, he's not all loving and benevolent. I love that because it's true here that we know that God is just causing all this havoc with rounds of cycle and going on with Ragnarok all the time and everyone losing but nobody winning 
It's just God himself. So can he actually choose all this powerful and actually let them win? Because they were once finally winning. Andy was actually changing the cycle one time finally out of all these loops. But once that he saw somebody was getting close to the finish line, he said, hell no, 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 no. I'm going to stop you right here. I'm going to send my two pals to stop this in your way. And now everyone is betraying. Everyone is doing their own twists and turns. Rip, Nico, and everyone has their own in stopping our boy Andy in his tracks. With Foucault, cannot reach the Ragnar. So I'm really curious to see how is how if Nico going to turn his way just like Rip. Because Rip at the end said, look, if you're going to do it, please save them. So I'm curious to see if our Nico's going to do it. Because like Sam brought up, like Iris and like Kendall brought up, it could be his daughter. It has to be somebody to bring up when Nico to switch sides and to realize he's in the wrong. At the same time, though, it's like everybody has already, it feels like everybody has already given up. Where, like, just let God, just let Ragnarok happen, just let God win. Because, like, again, he's dangling everything above their heads with, like, we have something that you want. I have something that you want. Just stop unluck. Just stop Andy. Stop unluck. Literally, you made your own comrades your worst enemies because situation has fallen on to the point where you they have some God has something you want. And it's not besides being able to kill him, he's willing to tempt you with the love of your life back. And it is hard to like. To go from the love of your life and then, or say, fuck the world and go for the love of your life or to give up the love of your life just to save the world situation. It's, it's the needs of, but like, it's the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. However, that few is that one that holds your heart and whole soul and your entire world situation. And it, it was God's fault that they, he just took it away from you and destroyed it. And he's only willing to give you like a small piece of it just so that nobody could get what they want. Hmm. Honestly, it is a kick in the nuts. Like, From what we know in a lot of storytelling, God like to kick people in the nuts in a lot of like, fuck you in the face. So it's more of like, how are the humans or how the people gonna get this retribution um against them so it's really curious to see are we going to reach ragnarok how is nico going to go because it's more on andy and his ambition and how i love the quote of the unsleep i forgot her name already um uh ichigo i appreciate that thank you sir i love how ichigo said that science isn't your quest to just know knowledge is your quest to just understand things and things that are unanswered that's what drives her that she just wants to know more about the rules. Why are they established? Why are they put in? So I love how she has the quest of knowledge, quest to know more. And that's what kind of gave our boy Nico his ambition to even learn because of her, because of him having the idea of like, what is it to know? What is it, you know, not to know? Why are there rules? Why is God doing all this? So I love how our boy Nico had this fuel of knowledge of to understand because of his partner. But you know, that's what they had in common. 
but um, it's not like we had this whole conversation um, good for the Unlock, um, Unlock chapter. Any last thoughts? I was going to say, like, I don't know if Nico will be the one to snap him out of it, because at oh, the same time, so? if he's able to do this with his friends or people he's close with, I don't even know if he's able to, I don't know if even his own his own daughter, even the love of his life's, like, gift to him. This is Dracula's term, no, Dracula's term for the son with the whole, like, I, I'm killing my son. <laughs> I must that is true. To- I'm, I'm like the gift that you've given to me. I'm killing. I'm killing. I have. I am gone. It to this point is um. If Nico, if Nico is really willing to kill his daughter, then yeah, he really is gone. He but doesn't have any sense anymore. At this point, if he would see that, but the thing is, he's so over flooded with every memory because he can't forget everything. Uh, because. From what we know, but on sleep, the moment she got her negation, her she got the whole black band. Yeah. And and what when Nico didn't have his negation, he was able to sleep fine and everything. Now, literally a whole flip toss when he the, the moment he got his negation ability and he can't forget anything. Sure, you can sleep, but you you will still learn, and yep. everything yep. that you've known, you're gonna sleep. You're gonna learn everything, and of course, it's a whole entire torture of. Uh, scientists in this sort of way i guess what god is hoping for is that he doesn't if is hoping for that enough memory to destroy the existence of, of his wife as well as the existence of his daughter but it feels like he never really we've not seen one flashback or any scene besides the moment of the deathbed like he and he only saw his wife throughout the entire time he was just staring at his wife instead of her daughter that kind of shows you where like yeah i don't know if i have the same love for my daughter if my wife had to die if you had to choose unsleep or unforgettable i'd rather not sleep unsleep me too unsleep um for me to not forget anything and always have information i rather just sleep as much as I'm a bad guys, I'm sleep as well. You know what? I take it back. If I was going to be a hero, unsleep. If I was going to be a, a villain, unforget. I still go with unsleep for both. Mainly because like it just it seems like you could be a you don't have to be a genius to be a whole entire scientist, but if you don't sleep, you don't need that six to eight hours or even less time to rest to that's the like, thing and it was even said in the chapter though it's yeah, not that rest, rest isn't needed you you just can't sleep yeah i'd rather i'd rather be able to amass a large quantity of knowledge and information and not forget it so imagine me being a spy and well, I can you are, literally, you are I can also literally learning memorize. while sleeping and everything that's like, what i'm saying imagine i could i could spend a year as a spy and i could memorize every language by just listening through like lessons while i'm sleeping and all these different things i can control how I, I learn information while i sleep you know what i mean i don't have to just leave my ears open to whatever the case may be i don't so. i so from what nico said he couldn't stop forgetting like everything he'll just everything he sees he's gonna learn and know and forget which would make me a, a phenomenal assassin bro yeah i always know the succeed. escape routes i know yep. how many different ways to pro- provide like combat 
I would be unstoppable, bro. But it also means you forget everything from before your power, before your negation power kind of thing. Shit happens. You relearn shit. Because I definitely know Abe would choose not sleep. They would do 24-hour streams all day, every day, because that means boy don't have to get sleep. So I definitely know it's possible. So um, chat tells, um, tells, which one would you do, unsleep or unforgettable? Sam? Unsleep or unforgettable? No, I'm saying chat. No, no, I'm saying chat. And then you was going to say something, so I was passing it back to you. My fault. So when it came, well... Remember, like he's trying to keep on holding on from every memories of his past, from his wife and everything. He just can't remember her face anymore, which was kind of ironic. This chapter was literally her hair was covering her face. But it's, it's kind of ironic because the previous chapter, you see his flashbacks of his wife, like the whole wedding gown, her pregnant and everything. And it's, you see the whole like scratched out and like marked out and everything. And yet, in this flashback story, you don't even barely even see her face until like that moment, like he land, she landed on her, or um, she uncovered that face to see it for the first, like second time, that sort of thing. It, it's so ironic where, um, yeah, I don't remember her face. I mean, most her face was mostly covered anyway, but she's my wife. I was like, I guess, but still for everybody, her face was mostly covered from this yep. chapter. I thought but, that, like, I thought the pain, I understand, I understand where Nico's coming from, but look, at the end of the day, you gotta move forward, and he's a person that's stuck in the past because he can't forget, and I understand, like, the last image you saw of your wife is literally on the deathbed. I get it. Like, it's just pain. You're literally going through, you're, you are literally going through your shit, so I get it. But, in the last thoughts, then, before we move on to the last series to cover the Las Vegas of the jackpot. We good? All right. So let's move on and play our bet on our boy. Uh, we got some conversation for this because he was gambling in the last three pages of this chapter. Woo! Uh, it is a hitter. So let's get to a chapter 187. We're, we're about to reach a 200 chapters in a couple of weeks. And it is chapter 110, token number two, colony part six. This is a part six of the continuation of a boy, um, Ikaru versus, I forgot her name. Um, blank right here. It's a guy. God, sorry about that. Um, that's what I meant. The, the hair, the point said, you know, so you got me a bit distracted. But yeah, um, it's pretty interesting. This chapter is just going hand-to-hand combat. I can't. Thank you, um, Avis. Hakari versus Kashimo. Kashimo? Yeah, Kashimo. Kashimo. How did we feel about the Sam? Uh, the continuation of knowing what Hikari's curse technique and his own domain is the first time we've actually seen a domain expansion. I, I don't remember. I, I don't think it, it might not be the first, but this is the first, from what I can remember, a curse technique, a, a domain expansion where it's not an instant hit. It's literally to help benefit you by increasing your probabilities, which is very interesting. I, 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 I've never seen this sort of thing to happen where like, oh no, my domain expansion is fast, instant, nothing. And I don't even need to touch you. This is for me. 
this is, and it, it described that like, he is even faster than Mojito in Shibuya when Mojito was doing 0.6 seconds. Yeah. And the reason why he did that is so that even though that Yuji was there and Sukuna was there, it was like Sukuna can't touch him in that 0.6 seconds. And it's like, uh, hey, man, like, I know, like, yeah, I'm not supposed to touch your space, but you know, you ain't gonna do shit by the time I get to it. The moment that you do something, I'm gonna kill Yuji. So sit back and relax, man. It's like, oh. And then, but however, Hikari is the entire opposite. He uses domain expansion to help probability so that his curse technique can increase, can hit the jackpot more and be more invincible. It is very broken. And I've said this last week too about Hikari's like jackpot thing where for four minutes and 11 seconds, Whenever he hits jackpots, he becomes invincible with uh, unlimited curse technique. I was literally going to say Limitless? Yes, I was going to say that word, but Alvarez brought it up nice. Hikari is with the Super Mario star. Like, it's where that star lasts for the two-minute type of ratio. For Hikari, it it lasts for a good four minutes and 11 seconds because you hit the jackpot, so you literally have the best curse technique in those short type of minutes, you know, time spam. And this, his, his type of fighting style reminds me so much of Total. The way he fought, the way he's with his hustle, and the way, um, the way Gadget draws him, it's just so excitement, reminds me of Total, like, in that page six. Remember, T- Toto had enjoyed fighting Ikari exactly. too. Like, so that's why it's just, it makes sense why they both enjoy fighting each other. And now it makes sense why I'm just happy seeing him fight on, on screen because it literally reminds me so much of Toto. Because in the page, um, in the page seven, them going hand to hand combat. And then next page, it's just going him go, renewal, rich, 66. Like, just him hitting it on the nail reminds so much of Toto with that. It, it literally is like a... Hikari is like a whole entire video game in itself. Like, so the first plan that uh, Kashimo thought, like, all right, I just need to kill him before he activates his uh, Super Mario powers. Just, like, when he does increase the probability and stuff. It's just meaning, like, he has to keep rolling the slots, rolling, and just have to keep fighting him in hand-to-hand combat until, like, he dies he dies instantly so that's why like he moves faster he try to get to every hit in where it's crucial like sends electricity but hikari is like all right continue yes continuation i'm gonna start fresh all over again um this concept and there's no it doesn't seem like there's no consequences neither and it's the first we or from what we know this doesn't seem to be any consequences for this curse technique um, he's currently well, be doing yet, one consecutive WC effect one. sequence because, well, not yet. Because remember, he said that a life of gambling always comes with a risk. So, so, so if I could chime in real quick, sorry, course. my camera disconnected. I don't know what's going on, but my my thing is right that it's, and I think I said this maybe a few weeks ago, it's not the, the risk has to be there, right? Because there has to be. Some oh yeah, type, there is. There has to be some um, type of exchange. Yeah, I missed it. Like, so he says that, like, so the first run you do is you have a twenty percent chance of activating jackpot. Uh, so it's a visual effect with high chances. For that reason, the risk of drawing a dud 
is greater during normal times. Right. So think so about he, think about blackjack and counting cards, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not perfect. You're not gonna win every single time. But if you know no. how to count cards really, really well, you can win like 95% of the time, basically. You know what I mean? It's 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 very high probability of of getting to your success um and knowing your winning combination and understanding that there's some kickback involved and it's a necessary risk to kind of feel the thrill that he has so i think that that's kind of like what what's going on there to me that's like what i see you know what i mean i feel like he needs to keep there's going to be times where he needs to keep increasing probabilities probability to get the jackpot but the more like he have to keep using uh keep using increased probability it, it risk increase the risk of him getting killed during that time limit before he can activate the jackpot but i mean i guess from the narration it also says like the reason he doesn't usually hikari doesn't usually use it unless he has increased probability on i'm hoping it doesn't raise a flag where the moment where he doesn't he, he didn't have he doesn't have a he didn't have the time or opportunity to use increased probability and he is taking like a whole one to one to 99 percent one percent chance of trying to hit jackpot and it's like one last stand or last fighting chance that he's gonna have and he somehow hits it i think this is like um it's very cool to it's gonna be so much potential to see i can't wait to see how this looks on screen in the anime by the time season three comes out because this would be curious to see how his how i'm not um sam or if you guys could correct me if there's a lot of any any type of gambling type of any type of gambling of anime on screen because i'm curious to see how with the phytography with him and and then you're showing his cursed technique on the side of how it would look when he hits a jackpot. So I'm really curious to see how is how is that going to look on screen for his character and for his for his fighting ability is going to be very intriguing. It, it's also another video game too, where like, all right, I got two of the same number. The game, the goal for this is to like, I have to press the button the moment it reaches that certain location. So then, like, press the, oh, like, I gotta press the button for every location we go into, meaning, like, we just the uh, Shinyura guard without an accident. The result is a jackpot, which is basically like, I have to hit these num- hit these buttons or hit these locations at the right time and moment. And I saw that boom, 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 and then boom, hits the and, jackpot of 666. And plus, this, um, with that question about the 666, from page, from page seven to eight, is he healing himself with the jackpot six to six? Because from the page seven, he looked like he got punched in the face, and the blood's coming out. But then in the next page, he says renewal, and then hit the jackpot because it shows. So does he look? Remember like when the, I said the continuation, like oh, yeah. it died, and then ten, no, like literally conti- reactive continuation to keep going. Literally so, back to start kind of thing. So it's like, like you have, but, you know, how Super Mario had like three lives, and if you were to die and he dies, he continues all over again. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it's not that he's getting healed; it's more that he's getting gone from start A instead of going, you know, going from the whole cycle. So going 
from B you reach a checkpoint and then you can start from that checkpoint situation. Yes. Cool. Copy. Thank you. I was trying, I was trying to understand that scenario. I appreciate that, Sam. Um, then renewal seems to be like this uh, same thing too, a continuation after getting beaten up. All right, renewal, continuation. I guess like every jackpot you had, you get three new lives or something or a certain amount of lives. Not entirely sure. Even hitting the jackpot was weird too because after the first two sixes and then they introduced the game, the narration where like he has to, if, no, if the character reaches the location without an accident, the result is a jackpot Richie scenario. And that's how he got the last six. And um, and then to know right after they got the six is when he literally screams the music. And then there is an actual background of music for him. So it shows like that's very hype. But then that transition, when she says for four minutes and 11 seconds, you may be unkillable, but I will kill you anyway. And then we get the flashback of 600 years ago of Kenjaku and the conversation with this person. Uh, because we get Kenjaku looking in a different body saying, do you have plans? Not that I should have fought you. No, no, spare me. I'm not fit for fighting for right now. And then we get him saying, then I can fight Sukuna. Then we see the contract. Yeah. Because yeah. so, we know Kamino it, is like one of the old sorcerers from... Correct. So we see how they used to look in the back in the day of 600 years ago. And the contract most likely was established here for the cutting games between Kenjaku and Plus Camino of how they probably both said, like, look, if you if you revive me 600 years from now, when you do the cutting game, I want to fight Sakuna. Maybe that's where that's when they made the deal. How do you feel about the same and Kendall? So, well, well, I don't know if Kendall's here. We can talk. From before we got into those pages, uh, we saw Camino's like, all right, the strategy is to, he's unkillable for the next four minutes and 11 seconds. Right, literally after he hits his jackpot, he has unre- no restrictions on curse energy and fully automatic reverse curse technique. But this jackpot has, was like an even number. This, this is another thing too. He kept thinking like, so does every different numbers of jackpot have different special abilities? And this is what he's pretty much thinking. And if he does, that is sort of sick with Hikari. Yes. It's like even more like um, uh, Jin and Hunter Hunter's ability, where the no matter which whichever jackpot you get, you get the invincibility for four minutes and eleven seconds, plus whatever special abilities of whatever the number has been rolled over to. Oh, I'm wondering. I'm wondering, like, oh, what, what, what does number? What does six six? What does the devil's number give you? <laughs> like. I'm wondering, like, does you get the devil's luck and that sort of stuff? Because you got six, six, six. You got the devil's number. Does that mean you have his luck in everything in this fight? Well, yes, Japan. Thanks, Elvis. Yeah, then, or, no, no, kite, uh, kite. But don't you? But don't Japan have different numbers for the devil? Because I know for us, um, it's six to six. But don't Japan use three, three, three? I think, or a different set of numbers for for the devil. Um, besides number 13. 13, I, yeah, I know it's 13, so maybe they use different, because I know 666 will count for us, like in the Spanish, and I know 
other coaches uses those numbers, but I'm not sure if Japan uses those numbers. So, because if it works, about the devil's luck, it will work perfect for this because it will make sense about if he could do anything and be unstoppable. Lexi Combat saying that for the four minutes and 11 seconds, you may be unkillable because that's maybe you have the devil's luck. But like Sam four, says, oh, Mark, yeah, yeah, Elvis is right. Four is one of Four is an unlucky number as well. Yes, that that's the other one I was thinking about as well. Um, so Hikari's first jackpot was triple threes, I believe. Yeah, um, I would say you, you got the triple seventh before two, right? Yes, we did. Kai, um, I don't know who the characters. So I'm not gonna read down. It's I know Kai. about that. Yeah, so um, on a thirteen and four are the unlucky numbers. And then Gadget gave us my best of friend of your right. Huh. It's just so many questions with Hikari because we don't know much about his character. We're just learning all it right now on the surface level. So it really has not saying more questions than answers, but you're having more, I guess the phrase, you have more possibilities. <laughs> you know, pun intended, because he literally said in the beginning of the chapter saying that increase his possibility so his chance of having six to six is the jackpot but if you go in the casino route it's kind of like the winner takes all it doesn't seem like different numbers would give him different abilities it seems like because going back from the previous chapter the base stars what we've not well, from base star of what we know is that from we don't know the numbers that he hit for the jack, the first jackpot, but he he has the whole un, uh, unlimited reverse curse technique and the um, oh the full automatic reverse curse technique and the uh, no restriction curse energy thing. So there might not be anything more special. From what I noticed with the previous sorcerers from six hundred years ago, like Kamino, um, the cannon head dude, and the uh, assassin girl yeah they all want to fight a stronger sorcerer they literally everybody wants to be the top dog of everything they want to be the strongest it's like literally the baki, uh, the baki universe world where <laughs> people will die if you want to be the strongest and you're gonna die we don't want competition we don't want you to get stronger like the strongest right here and if you don't the top dog is here if you're not able to match the top dog you die <laughs> question um sam Remind me or in chat as well. We know a bit about Sakuna's history. We know that with Sakuna, four arms, 20 fingers, and he used to be a human, but then he got built with so much curse energy throughout the years that he became a a, a big embodiment of curse. That's mm -hmm. how he got sealed. The king of the king was curse. The yeah, king, king of curses. curses. Do we know who put him as um, a um, curse seal into the twenty fingers. Do we know that? Uh, it was a team know. up with. There's a team up with the three major families. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, do the we three major families were the ones that helped took down Sukuna. Do we know if Kenjaku was part of that? Because I'm curious. He's, yeah, that. Kenjaku's family is one of the three. The evil scientist. He's he was like the black sheep of his fam of that member's family because he did the forbidden like stuff he's uh, if i were to example he's like 
he's like the Orochimaru in this universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Elsa's the Norishitoshi Kamo, the original evil nobleman. Yeah, he's he's literally Orochimaru in this universe. Especially when he goes to a different new body, he transplants to a different brain. He seems to keep on living and has all these memories and everything. And he does his crazy experiments and tests. Man, it's Orochimaru and JJK. I'll just add into the to the point of like we don't really actually know the official deal in regards to like the whole ceiling thing. So we I think um time will kind of showcase what's going on, much like Sam was saying. Like you have there's definitely a desire. A lot of the old users, they were just looking for their next thing. Um, I think that's kind of like a thing with like even like the curses and everything, people's ambitions, the way we know that powers manifest and work in this world. I think that's like a really just important thing to kind of like know and understand about the way this world is set up and the motivations behind those who have chosen to side with, you know, the the, the dark side, so to speak. I mean, technically, now that I'm thinking about it in a lot from everything, uh, Kenjaku literally planted everything. I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's because the same. As soon as no, he came on the screen. That was like, the even with Tsukuna, too, because like it seems like every... If every powerful sorcerer wants to fight the strongest sorcerer, that seems like. And then it seems like Kanjago had to meet with every single person that are strongest in their group and their division and everything, including Sukuna himself. I feel like even sealing Sukuna was just part of his plan so that Sukuna can come back, come back to the modern world and fight everybody, every sorcerer from the past in their prime. But so we see a young, it's, it's a younger Kamino. And then in the past, he was just an old man with these abilities. And that's why our boy Tengen is afraid of Kenjaku and wants, and wants all this handle already. Because Tengen has literally said, it's like, yo, I need you guys to go out there. And I'm going to stay in here, my little bubble, being shielded away from Kenjaku. Because, <clears throat> and because it's, Tengen it's not knows just, what's going on. And it's, he's also he human experiment body transplant too. Because it seemed, I think what he did was all right, I'm going to put this old sorcerer's spirit, body, whatever, and put it to this young man's body with the same curse technique and a more nimble, younger, forlorn ability. Because we even see, like, the uh, the guy with the head cannon. I think that's him, right? The past and the assassin woman. Uh, the From Michinoku. The greatest curse energy output ever happened in Date Province. Remember, his head cannon is... No, yeah, 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 every yeah, yeah. shot he can do is it's always like the, the highest curse the highest energy curse. without no without no rest and everything. It seems like all right, let's give this to a younger body, give that to a younger body. They still have their curse technique, they have their skills and everything. Now we we're all in the fight, a death fight, death game fight, so to speak. And I think even Sukuna wanted to be in this tournament, even with the twenty fingers. He had many, I feel like Sukuna would have planned it like, all right, I had many opportunities where I could have come out at any time, any moment if someone ate my fingers. No, sorry, that's technically wrong. Kanjaku had to do stuff with Yuji's father in order to create Yuji and make a host for Sukuna. There was no perfect host for Sukuna until Yuji. It's gonna be intriguing. Like this will be a beautiful conversation once JJK wraps up in the next couple of years. 
of who is the better mastermind, Kenjaku versus Aizen. Like it's, it's that conversation. I can't wait. Once 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 the series is done, this will be an interesting conversation to have because it's... the way Kenjaku is setting the table so well with the seeds, and once everything comes in first, you'll be like, "What the fuck? Like this is too planned out." Yeah, that's a good reference. I'll, I'm interested in seeing how people kind of. As much as I don't like comparisons, I'm looking forward to see people talk about this series alongside some of the greats. So I think that's that's a very apt point that you just made there, Vash. Um, I, I yeah, Elvis. Uh, yeah, that guy. His name is Reggie, the mm-hmm. uh, the head cannon deck. But I feel like every strong curse sorcerers in different time period that that um, that that feels sour or they really hated that they didn't they were not born in the Henning era the moment where the era where Sukuna was existence because they all felt cocky they all felt strong they all want to fight Sukuna they all want to prove that they are the strong they are the king of the source king of curses mm-hmm. and I guess uh I'm- Kenjaku made this entire uh culling game arc is so that we have the best of the best in different eras going into a death match and fighting to really see who really truly is the strongest king of sorcery. Question. Um, do you guys think the king of the curse is, is a mantle or do you think that's actually a title that somebody actually held? No, I think it was invented in regards to uh, Sukuna. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then, mm. like, it does give everybody's, like, if you have, like, literally, you have Kenjaku saying, like, Shangos on Sukuna. And I'm sorry, that's from 600 years ago, but I'm not going to change my mind. Literally, like, yeah, he's so like, imagine, yeah, imagine I found ex- nobody even close to Sukuna's right. level. Exactly. Imagine he existed and existed through the greatest times of sorcerers and was still like, nah, you, you were great, <laughs> but you still ain't anywhere close to my man Sukuna. You know what's even worse? He's like, yo, I think Gojo might be too much for Tsukuna. Like, let me just put you in this bubble. Have you wait a little bit? Maybe when Tsukuna fully arise and everything, we'll, we'll truly yo, see what will happen. It, it just shows you how powerful Gojo even is because that that comment, even from the first chapter or first episode, that Gojo even said, yeah, I think I could be him. I was like, yo, like you, so you didn't even say that and talk shit out of your ass. Like, you but that's Gojo, know though. That, but that, yes. that is Gojo, though. Like, that's what cause... I'm saying. Like, for Gojo to even say that, for people to even acknowledge that, yo, we should seal Gojo because he will stop our plans. He will fight Sukuna even at his top level. And he might even go, like, is one-sided who could win, Sukuna or Gojo. Even with 20 fingers or Gojo using his um, um, his purple power and everything, like, Gojo or... Oh, I would love to see that. Like, just ah, oh. now that gets I, me excited. I think Kanjaku would be the one to like. All right, Gojo, you can come out now and literally like go have fun and fight like the strongest cursed sorcerers in existence. Right, right? and That'd then like crazy. And then Suka and I was just literally in the back waiting. Yo, you done? And like Gojo is like he, after killing and fighting all the powerful different eras of sorcerers, he has to. Like, he's all worn out. Have to fight Sukuna. I don't that's re-read. the only way that we can actually see. Okay, that's a very big disadvantage. <laughs> I don't reread a lot of series. There's only a few series that I've done. It's One Piece and uh, um, 
JJK is another one because look at the foreshadowness and the conversation that Kenjako has been playing this, has been planning this since chapter one. That Kenjako literally has planted the whole Shibuya arc for Gojo himself and then executed the whole cutting games for Sukuna and the other deals he planted since 600 years ago, 1,000 years ago. It just shows how Kenjako has been planning this for many fucking years. Like, imagine yeah, if he, that's why he... Um, I think had, he planned this for almost a century now. Yeah, it just shows you, like, I wonder if but, he planted Megumi's father also to be out of the picture as well. Like, I wonder if he planted other things that he had that he cannot Toji? deal no I, I don't think so toji was like a toji was like a whole different side like a whole curveball on its own you have a a, right, a human with like un, insane strength and speed and everything that can literally kill cursed sorcerers if, if i don't know if kenjaku really truly did have something to do with it but it, it could definitely because of, but I feel like it really was because of Megumi's family. Um, the family existence where the black sheep is someone who's way too strong for his, for his own good and the black sheep. I said that for that reason, because if you cannot control a black sheep, if you cannot control somebody in your variable of a plan, you have to take him out. So maybe you have to cause like a whole domino effect to take out your black sheep. And I have him destroy your future plans with the calling against and everything. Because imagine if Go, uh, imagine if Toji joined the calling games and he was still alive. Ooh, the, the matter of mess that he could cause, just not having no curse energy and the matter of, uh, of the battle junkies you could just cause and fight with. Oh, What's insane, insane is these, these same battle junkies are fighting the modern curse sorcerers today and they're getting their ass whooped. Yo, you you tell what both their ass the, the two guys whooped the, the Reggie and the, the the assassin girl's asses, and now Kamino's getting his ass yeah. handed to him. Sam? I mean, so you gotta look at it. We we know that these three, um, Gojo, Yuta, and um, our boy, who's the one that's currently fighting, forgetting his name, Hikari, Hikari. Hikari. We know that they're the three strongest, um, of this like current generation. Like, I was like, man, generation. Toji, Toji would have loved this. <laughs> Toji would have loved this. Absolutely would. But yeah, I think I think all of that, I think all of that's important. I think again, I feel like all of this is like super relevant to like an overarching point that needs to be made. Yeah. And I think uh I think we'll continue to see some good come from this. Because <clears throat> when it came to Camino's mind, he's like, I wanted to fight the strongest ones. And apparently, unfortunately, it's not in my era. Next thing you know, in this modern era, there was more people that's they're not Sukuna, but who are just as strong in their own way. And like, he doesn't even care that Hikari has the whole superstar four minute, 11 seconds of, uh, of unstoppability. He just loves this. He wants to fight to his last breath, which it's the same for everybody. Because even Reggie was like, yo, because uh, you took the scrap where his eyes screaming, dude, I want to fight. I want to fight so bad. I want someone stronger than me. I want someone to kill me with this. And like, same thing with Camino. Like, yes, the, the never, the battle hungry, the never ending battle. I want this fight. Meaning like, I don't want to just, I don't want to win after the four minute, 11 seconds. I want to kill him during his four minutes and 11 seconds. <laughs> I just noticed every cursed 
person that we see on screen are battle junkies. The only one who is not as good. Yeah, but all because, from the past. They're all no, from no, the past. No, no, yeah. no, I'm saying about current people as well. Um, Yuji, Nobara, Yuta, all current curse on people like um, total. Everyone is a battle junkie because I, I don't know what is this curse energy that fuels people's blood, but they give them battle junkie, battle junkie type of syndrome because you know everyone I, is fighting. You know what Gojo. sucks? You know what's so what really sucks? All of these guys just want all these students wanted normal lives, but apparently they all have family baggages. Uh, yep. trauma back uh backlashes and everything and they just got thrown into this mix of fights and now they have to fight all people who were like who wanted to fight these people mm -hmm. who wants to fight and these teenagers just so happen to have this op power and everything to um, go into Sam, these fights you forgot about panda don't speak about everyone winning panda Dude, has been that's father dead it's, it's the principal's uh, dead the principal made him, too. the principal made him oh he got the head on the stick Dude, Dude, you remember his existence is from three souls, three souls That's and his true. one consciousness. That means those souls are people who already died and just souls that brought back just so they can be used as dolls. <laughs> if, I, I, if, I, if that's not traumatic, that's pretty traumatic. You're oh, sacrificing uh, a group of people for one like being, a sentient being, being. That's like a whole AI robot that can like do a whole killing machine. Unfortunately, Panda is weaker than that. Way weaker. That's a fact. But Kendall, get any last thoughts before we wrap up? Um, this was a good chapter. I've been enjoying this fight. Um, to add to what you were saying, I don't know if it's about being junkies or the fact that, like Gojo said this before, there's gotta be a little bit of craziness, a little bit of edge in you to truly be like a true sorcerer. I think you're seeing like what that really kind of starts to mean here. So I'm mm. I'm excited for kind of looking at how we transition into the next stage of this. I think next week's chapter is going to be fire. It's probably going to be looking towards the conclusion of this fight to some extent. I can also see this in a perspective where curse source, strong curse sorcerers who wanted to die in a fight or in battle, not because of sickness, not because of old age, not because of like nature took its course. I hate they wanted a one, they wanted a fight where both sides are fighting for their lives and only one of them can live in the end situation and Camino just was one of the people that wanted to die in the fight but never got the satisfaction um also I did remember that we also did see a calm person that they have curse energy in the jujutsu world and as our boy rest in peace Nanami who was the most common person that had the nine to five job, but he was such a imbalanced person with the curse energy world and with the real world that he wanted money or not. So I do, I do also take that back that we also did have Gojo and we did have some other calm people with that that weren't battle junkies as well themselves. So I do take that back that we did see some calm people as well. Um, so each of them have their own, each of them have their own personality. And to add about Kendall, what he said, I do agree. We're going to probably see the conclusion of next chapter or the final one because we are literally coming to the conclusion of more of the Kenjaku type of small snippets of what other people have come around the world from 600 years ago and on to now current in the coming game. So it's going to be very intriguing of what other new characters we're going to be introduced to and see up coming up because we're going to see Yuji 
and plus Megumi still need to meet up. And also Akari. Well, Megumi found so. well, Angel found Megumi, so we're eventually gonna have that chapter of introduction and story, though. Yep. So far, we only had like a few people that wanted to come into the modern world and fight to the death in the Cullen game. Well, except the assassin girl. I think she just wanted to live or just continue living even if into another life and situation. Because I remember she told, she was yelling at Yuta, like, you don't, you don't understand, like, you wouldn't even get it. I, this is our only opportunity to continue living. Because they have to, like, they want, they didn't want to die like this, or they didn't want to die of old age. They just want to continue living. And the only way to continue living is to win the culling game. So it could be that way too. It could be many ways. So I feel like this is a good wrap up conversation for JJK and for the show of the Shonen Rona episode 45. So hopefully everyone enjoyed this conversation of a conversation of Kaiju number eight, One Piece, Undone Luck, and JJK. Our four conversation for this um, episode 45. All time goes down below in the comment section below. Uh, without further ado, guys, tell me your favorite chapter of the week issue, Kendall. I'm gonna knock it to you first. What was your favorite chapter of this issue 28? Um, this this chapter this week was um so so for me. I would have to go between Undead Unlocked and JJK personally. Uh kind of a toss-up between the two of them. I really enjoyed reading them the most personally. Sam, what was your favorite chapter of the week? I mean, same. Undead Unlocked and JJK were really good chapters this week. Also, like Sakamoto days, that was uh, that was fun. Um, okay, okay. Uh, for me, yeah, my I, chapter of the week was um, Kaju no Bray, Juzaku Family, and One Piece. Those are my three um, top three rankings. I have to give it after that will be um, Undone Un- Luck or JJK. They could switch places, but definitely uh, Kaju no Bray. I just like the feels. I understand the whole sentimental. I guess I was a bit more invested with the emotional aspect in that in this chapter it was was kind of dragging for a pretty long time true in that sense i get but for me it was definitely kenji number joseph family uh for those that don't read it i always say every single week read it it's such good chapters the like the cover pages for this week issue was very good i highly suggest it but next week we come back with my hero. We come back with the One Piece going on break hiatus. We come back with a GGK and no Kajina Bray next week, but we will be having done done luck. So if you guys want us to cover any other series like Sakamoto Sentry, please comment down below on the chat or on the comment on the VOD. So definitely for us to know and be prepared for next week if you guys want us to cover any other series on that roster. So without further ado, guys, like, comment, subscribe. Where to find us? All the links, Conquer Movement, Spicy Lady, Abe, Ray Apollo, James, Careful Spoilers, myself, Legendary Vance, Sam the Manga Man, Kendall X Anime. Where to find us is all down below in the link trees or right there's all the links and you could just find us on Twitter and everything else. We appreciate for watching. We appreciate for you guys looking and lurking and listening, comment. And also big shout out to others for being through here throughout the whole stream and being here every week. You deserve it. We appreciate it and thank you. You mean to you mean a lot to us for being here on the stream. Thank you much. And see you guys on the next one.
See you on episode 46 and on the Anime Podcast this Wednesday where we're gaming. Stay tuned.